0: Welcome to Stash Talk. I'm Kirby Connell, otherwise known as Volley Fingers, and I'm joined by my dad, Jeff Connell. So, here we go with Stash Talk. We have a special guest with us tonight. It is the one and only Chase Dolander. It's good to have you on here, Chase.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: So, we usually start off almost every single episode um, with, you know, just asking you to tell us
1: a little bit about your family. So, I was born and raised in Augusta, Georgia. I grew up with my mom and dad until I was about nine years old when they got divorced. Um, You know, uh, my mom met my stepdad probably when I was right around 10 years old. Um, Got married when I was around 12. Uh, Seventh grade, I had to move schools because we moved in with him, but they've been together ever since. Um, Have three brothers, two real brothers and a stepbrother. Um, My older brother's in the White Sox organization. He just finished up in high A. Um, my little brother is in high school. He played uh, football for majority of the time, but then gave that up because of coaching and stuff like that. And now he's into bodybuilding. Um, he's, a, he's a lot bigger than I am. Um, and then I have a stepbrother who also played football all throughout high school.
0: That's awesome. So we always ask this question. Um, we get different kinds of answers. Um, but do you have a girlfriend? I do. <laughs> what, what is her name? Her name is Caroline Simpson. All right. Does she happen to cheer for Tennessee?
1: Uh, she does happen to cheer for Tennessee. <laughs> hey, you just
0: got uh, to ask a question. You got to let the people know. So, yeah, that's true. It's true. Uh, you mentioned that you were from Augusta. Um, so right. tell us a little bit about maybe uh, what high school you went to and maybe any awards or any uh, any honors that you may have received in those four years?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I went to Greenboro High School, um, obviously played, played baseball all throughout high school. Um, you know, I kind of, I wasn't really the, the, the guy I was now, um, when I was in high school, but I had a few honors. I was co-pitch for the year one year. I was, uh, region, all region first team for, I think, two years, and then I was named to, I can't remember, it was like Team Georgia or something like that in high school as well.
0: All right. So do you happen to remember your first baseball memory?
1: I do, I do. Um, so we were doing a little church league uh, wiffle ball when I was probably like five or six years old. And I just remember hitting a, hitting a home run and not knowing what to do when I got to first base. So I just sat there. And everybody was telling me to run around the bases, and you know, I just, I just started running around the bases, and everybody was cheering. I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: that's a pretty good. That's probably that's a good. It's pretty good memory. I feel like almost yeah. almost all of our, you know, players that we've asked, most of them have been home runs, and it usually came from the pitchers.
1: I was, I was gonna say, it had really, to It's <laughs> really
0: rare to me. But you know, we found our profession, and it was not a hit. So,
1: exactly, exactly.
0: Um, so, you grew up in Georgia, which is pretty much known as um, high school baseball or travel baseball of America. Uh, mm-hmm. Who did who did you play with um, in travel ball, and tell us a little about your experience with that?
1: Yeah, I played with a team called Complete Game, which was more of a local team. Uh, I never really played for any of the the big name, you know, like Team Elites or the or whatever the other ones are, the East Coast East Coast or whatever they're called. I don't even know anymore. Um, but my experience was was really really good. I, I grew up playing with the coach that actually started it, uh, Adrian McCloudy, or he helped start it. Um, and he he you know he helped me a lot with getting to Georgia Southern and stuff like that. And, I mean, my experience was really, really good. Made some really good friends um, and just had a really good time.
2: Okay. So, here is where I come in, Chase. So, I am always intrigued by everybody's recruiting story. And one of the neat parts of yours is when we played at Georgia Southern. So, I reckon that would be three years ago now.
1: Close to it, yep.
2: So... You pitch Friday night, or no Saturday. 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 So, we're a couple of innings into that. If you don't know, so I'm from Georgia. Kirby was actually born in Georgia. Uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he was, he was actually born in Savannah, so I grew up in Georgia. We lived in Georgia, I reckon, until we moved to Johnson City, Tennessee, which would be about, uh, we moved there when he was a baby couple of years old and then he lived there till he was right at fourteen. So very familiar with Georgia, my mom actually graduated from Georgia Southern. So okay. there on Saturday watching you pitch and called talking on the phone to my middle son and I said, How did this kid <laughs> get out of Georgia, Georgia Tech, Clemson, South Carolina. How did he end up? So with that, you have kind of two recruiting stories. So right. so tell us how you ended up. You kind of alluded to a little bit of it. How would you end up at Georgia Southern? And mm-hmm. then walk us through the process, how you ended up at UT.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, coming out of high school, wasn't really this big touted prospect like you see now, um, you know, like all these kids are now. Um, I only had two offers coming out of high school. One was College of Charleston, and the other was Georgia Southern. I uh, ended up going to Georgia Southern because I thought it was the best fit for me at the time. Um, so, obviously, I started my fall there. I did pretty well during the fall, you know, the fall scrimmages and things like that. And then, like you said, Tennessee came into came into uh, good old Statesboro, Georgia, and that was my first ever collegiate uh, appearance. And so, I was I was pretty nervous, to be honest with you, playing a SEC team for my first outing, but... Uh, after that I, I did pretty well during that season I think I pitched like 49 innings or something like that but I shut myself down because of um, a little uh, you know just fatigue that I was feeling from not pitching my senior year because of covid um, and things like that and so at the end of that season I kind of figured you know I wanted to have a little bit better coaching and I wanted to have more competition when it came to playing the game and also with my teammates and so I decided to hit the transfer portal not knowing what was happening. Uh, what was going to happen and um, you know I, I always thought in my head it would be cool to go to Tennessee just because I've seen how they played and you know how they were coached and stuff like that and so um, you know like I said I went through the transfer portal had offers from you know Arkansas, Ole Miss, South Carolina, Georgia all those places and ended up narrowing it down to Arkansas, Tennessee and Texas Tech um, been you know I, ch- I chose Tennessee because of the 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 relationships that the coaches had with each other and, and some of the guys that I met along my visit.
2: So rumor has it you're part of the reason that there was a little hostility there at the end of the Arkansas series. <laughs> but that's still kind of a guesstimate from a lot of people.
1: Yeah, well, what's interesting about that is I don't think I was involved in that Arkansas series because I hadn't hit the portal yet. It was just, I, I don't think it was, was. until – Chambers definitely was. I I'm pretty sure I didn't hit the portal until you guys were in Omaha. Um, I think that's when I when I got in.
0: Well, I know one thing. You said you were you you didn't or you were a little nervous when you played us on Saturday, but
1: mm-hmm.
0: from what I remember, is you basically gave it to us. Yeah, <laughs> and did not look nervous at all.
2: Uh, I promise you, I was nervous. (laughs) I can guarantee you, you look refined because I've been around college baseball for a while. And like I legitimately was saying to parents around me to end up both of my older two sons, like, how did this kid end up at Georgia Southern? So, (laughs) so I don't know what all those colleges missed out of high school. And maybe, maybe you just made the jump, but you look like the real deal. Pitching against us,
1: <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> um,
2: so the next question: Did um, you grow up a fan of?
1: Um, I didn't. Wasn't really a fan of anybody growing up. To be honest with you, I never really watched baseball all that much growing up. Um, my stepdad is a humongous Georgia fan. He's probably one of the biggest ever. So. He, he, was, he was a little hurt when I went to Tennessee, but he, he realized really quick that I loved it here. And, you know, he said he'd always be a Tennessee baseball fan, but he doesn't think he can root for the football team.
2: <laughs> I can't imagine that. <laughs> so you have to know, like, I'm on Ball Nation for baseball. I get destroyed every week when these podcasts come out because I normally say something stupid. So I'm a Georgia football fan. So, like, I I, (laughs) two weeks ago made the comment that it wouldn't surprise me for Vanderbilt to beat UT in football, and, like, they bash on me, which is okay, but I'm I'm not. I'm huge UT baseball (laughs) fan, and probably will remain that way, but I'm not even close. When it comes to football, I know you guys are and have to be, but surprisingly, almost everybody <laughs> we interviewed did not grow up a UT fan.
1: I promise you, so I'm, I'm a UT football fan now. You're not in the
2: minority there. You're, you're actually in the majority. <laughs> Jay Ross painting and drywall of the Tri-Cities for all of your painting and drywall projects in Bristol, Kingsport, Johnson City, and Southwest Virginia. They're licensed, bonded, and insured in Tennessee and Virginia. Contact Jay Ross for your residential and commercial drywall and painting needs. Call them at 423-777-7677. Don't forget to tell them you heard it on Stash Talk. Tell them Kirby sent you. So what is it like playing for the coaches, coach B, coach A, coach E Lander? Um, I don't know that you contrast them to Georgia Southern's coaches, but just talk about your relationship with them and what it's like to play for them. I mean, I,
1: it's so much fun to play for those guys. You know, they, they always have your best interests at heart, um, whatever it comes to. And, you know, Whenever people say Coach V is a, a is a player's coach, I truly truly do believe that. And you know, my experience has been nothing but amazing, you know, playing for these guys. They they know how to develop players, they know how to recruit, obviously. Um, and you know, working especially working with Coach A and, and our strength coach, Coach Q, he's those two guys are, are really, really good at what they do and you know, it's hard it was hard for me to turn down a resume that Coach A has when it came to pitching. And, you know,
2: it's it's been nothing nothing but amazing, like I said. So then the question comes, were you ready for Q when you got there?
1: Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I was I, I was about two, two, 225 when I came in, and the first thing he said to me was, hey, you need to lose some weight. And so, you know, I, I wasn't really prepared for that. Well,
2: well that, that says it.
1: <laughs> Did he call you fat? Uh, he called me chubby. I wouldn't say fat. <laughs> All right, so um, tell us,
0: tell us a little bit about maybe what you're studying, uh, maybe what you want your, what you want to get your degree in, and where you see yourself in the next five to ten years if baseball doesn't work out, which it's it's going to work out. But <laughs> say baseball doesn't work out, what where do you see yourself in the next five to ten years with your degree? Um,
1: yeah so i'm getting my degree in therapeutic recreation which is kind of a you know you can take it to otpt um pa chiropractic you can really do anything in the medical field um and my whole family has kind of been in the medical field which is it's kind of in my blood at this point um and so with that i would probably either go to pa school or i would go to chiropractic school and you know within five to ten years depending on which degree i get um, you know, it'd be really cool to own my own practice or something like that. Or if I'm working in a hospital, you know, um, whether it's pediatrics or it's orthopedics, if I'm doing uh physician's assistant work.
0: Well, I think that's definitely a first dad. We haven't had anybody, well, besides Griff.
2: <laughs> yeah, Griff um, wants to be a dentist, so. Yeah, yeah.
0: But he's the only one in like the, the medical side of it, so. Um, yeah. So when you talk about this team
1: that we have this year, uh,
0: what, what are the expectations that you have for this upcoming season?
1: Um, you know, I try to go into every season without any expectations just because of the fact that, um, you know, if, if we don't meet those expectations, I don't want to feel like we, you know, we failed to, to a certain extent. But, you know, obviously coming off a season like we did last year, it's, it's hard not to have any. So, um, you know, I just want to be able to Do what we did last year and just make it further and actually win a national championship. Um, Whether it whether it means we have to lose some more games, or you know we we don't do as well in the SEC tournament or something like that. Um, You know, it it really doesn't matter to me as long as we make it to Omaha and we are raising that trophy on the last day.
2: Good answer. (laughs) So, in a perfect world where Chase makes all the decisions, what's your role next year?
1: Friday starter. For sure.
0: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so when you look at all the things that have happened since you've been here at Tennessee, um, outside of baseball, what, what do you think the greatest moment has been outside of baseball?
1: Um, I definitely have to say getting baptized a couple months ago. Um, I got baptized uh, at a place called, we call 110. Here, it's kind of a it's a fellowship between FCA and AIA. Um, you know, we kind of join those two things together, so we have one big ministry on campus that, and you know, anybody can join. And um, you know, it's been one of those things that has helped me a lot, uh, kind of dealing with stress and and the anxiety of what what's to come and what, what's going to happen. And so, you know, just putting my faith into God and knowing that. Um, You know, everything's already taken care of. has helped me a lot.
2: He's got a plan for you. He's had a plan since before you were ever born. Exactly. And and his plan is perfect just for you. And whatever that plan is, he wants you to succeed. Exactly.
0: I think that's awesome just because of the way that, you know, I see you act around all of our players and how you are always trying to spread your faith and just because, I mean, I know I preach this a lot is, you know, when you're trying to reach out to others, you know, they may not have the same mindset as you do, you know, following their faith, but you just got to keep pushing them. And exactly, um, I think that's that's something that, you know, me, me and you do at the field is, you know, just trying to lead others to Christ. And I think, I think we've done a pretty good job of that. I think this is the most – I'd say this is the most people we've had. I mean, I've been here for four years and it was just, it was kind of hard getting people to, to go to church. And, um, I remember the other day, uh, we went to church, uh, me and Caden and we sat down and I looked down Redmond and his wife, Gabby are there. I get a text from Chuck and he says, turn, turn around. Chuck and his girlfriend are there. And then, you know, like it's like two minutes right before church starts. And I look to my left, and like on the other side of the sanctuary is Wyatt, Turner, and like two more baseball players. And I'm just thinking, like, this is the most people I've seen at church from our baseball team. Mm -hmm. And then you go to the fact of 110, where you got all these guys, all the freshmen, younger classmen. And other guys that are, you know, reaching out and trying to trying to grow closer, closer to God and and we've had a lot of guys I think it was like four or five guys get baptized through one ten. So I think that's just awesome yeah. That, yeah. you know they're they're starting to grow closer and we're starting to grow closer as a team. So Exactly. So say I'm just a normal fan. Um, what is something that I would need to know about you that I didn't know just by looking you up on the internet or looking at your bio?
1: it's um, a really good question. <laughs> uh, I, I'd feel like a fan would want to know that, you know, I'm a really nice guy and I'm really respectful um, when it comes to, you know, dealing with the fans and stuff like that. You know, I, I'll do whatever, <laughs> Almost whatever they ask me to do Whether it's signing an autograph, taking a picture or, You know, doing whatever Helping them out in some, some sort of way You know, I feel like this kind of goes back To what God has called us to do You know, just kind of help people um, In any way, any way, shape or form And so I feel like, you know, just having Having that is, is something That I would want people to know
2: So what do you do in your free time? Which I know y'all don't have a whole lot of
1: right <laughs> I mean, I, I like to do a, a lot of different things. If, I, if I'm not doing homework, uh, I, I've been I've gotten in, gotten to a little bit of reading here recently. Um, it's mas- but, uh, mostly like mentality books and stuff like that, which is kind of cliche for an athlete. But um, but you know, just doing anything to take my mind off. You know, I, when I'm at home, I like to fish and hunt and do it do different stuff outdoors um, and just trying to get away from you know the the craziness that goes on in the world.
2: So, talk to us about transition from, normally we say high school to UT, but let's say from Georgia Southern, which, if people don't know, uh, is a strong midge major, mm-hmm. but from Georgia Southern to UT.
1: Yeah, the transition is
2: it, it's pretty difficult,
1: to be honest with you. I mean, you hear all these guys going from JUCO to you know a big D1, like an SEC school, and you know, sometimes we will have a hard time kind of transitioning, but, you know, it, it's not as easy as people think um, just to walk into an SEC school and, you know, be a Saturday starter um, without having, without proving anything. Um, you know, it, it it wasn't easy at all just because of the fact that during the fall we were facing the best hitters in, in all of college baseball, all fall. Um, so I feel like that really prepared us for what, what was going to happen in the spring. Um, and then just like the the, the workload here is, is so much different than what it was at Georgia Southern. You know, I, I think I'd stay at the field for maybe three, four hours a day at Georgia Southern. And now I'm here and it's like six to eight, maybe. So I kind of doubled, um, you know, whether that's just doing actual practice stuff or lifting or, you know, doing extra recovery or mobility or stuff like that, just to try to, you know, be the best player I can possibly be.
2: I think when you talked about You know, the transition you talked about, the difference. I I don't think the average person has a clue how many hours you guys spend on baseball stuff. And people ask me, what can they possibly do for six to eight hours? And mine is, you know, it's not just throwing a baseball for you as a pitcher. Uh, It's everything from all the workouts you guys do and the body stuff and, um, you know, even mental stuff and conversations and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I think the other thing you um, brought up, and I think it's been interesting for me watching it, is the plus of what you guys are able to do in the spring, I mean in the fall, prepares you for the spring, because there are times that I've watched opposing pitchers and went, okay, that's that's Kirby or that's Redman or that's, you know, I've, I've never said, That's a Ben Joyce, but, you know, like different guys that kind of throw like y'all do, and I think facing those guys and then vice versa, I think you guys as pitchers have faced some batters and went, okay, he's like Drew or he's like Beck or, you know, that kind of stuff, and I think that's Mm -hmm. huge that you can kind of relate to that because SEC is so tough uh, to compete in.
1: For sure, for sure. I mean, I mean, you kind of hit it on the head. You know, it it, it kind of prepares us for what's gonna happen. You know, when we start start SEC play. You know, I mean, I, I'll just take last year for example. I mean, like I said, we were facing the best hitters in the SEC. With, I mean, we had Gilbert, we had Beck, we had Lipscomb, we had, uh, <laughs> we had, oh wow, Lipsius, we had. You know, all these guys that that were just outstanding hitters and, you know, you watch them do what they do during the season you kind of had to think to yourself, like, wow, I pitched to these guys all fall and, you know, I did pretty well. So maybe that's why I'm so prepared for what's going to happen in the spring.
0: I know for me, um, I think this comes up on almost every single, like, exit meeting with almost every single pitcher, like, returning pitcher is these, like, for me – Facing Beck and Gilbert last year in the fall, it it really didn't – like it helped me a lot, but it's also like you're not getting it. Like I you're getting something out of it, but it's like I've faced these guys for three straight years in the right. fall. I've faced them probably 50 times. <laughs> and so like I know for me it's basically like, it's repetitive. So, like, these guys yeah. know my tendencies. They know what I can do, and I know what they can do. But mm-hmm. it's it's going to come down. Like, it, it helps us in the spring knowing that, hey, this guy, if you throw him this in the, in the fall, like, this guy can't hit a slider, then over break, that's what he's going to go work on is, hey, I You're need right. to work on hitting you know, against a lefty, against a slider and stuff like that. So, you, we're facing guys that, you know, that are – going to get drafted um, very high. And we're facing guys that are, are the best in the SEC. And it, it proved last year that our fall was terrible <laughs> as pitching staff. And it has always been. Oh, Just maybe. because of the fact – like, if you look at my freshman year, every single year I think they – I know our freshman year, they hit like 120 home runs oh in God. the fall. And you're <laughs> thinking, like, how, how does this even happen? it's just because they know what we can do and and stuff like that. So like when you get into the spring and then last year how we're leading the we're leading the nation in home runs by like 40. Right. And it's like well how many did they hit in the fall? Well we hit like 130. So it's like <laughs> what they're doing in the fall is they're doing in the spring. So it's like everybody yeah. it's it's just, it's just amazing to me like when the new guys come in and, you know, they have like a really bad outing, like for three or four outings in the fall. And you're thinking like, like they see us like not getting down on ourselves and stuff like that. And you're like, it happens. Like you got to get used to it. Like they're going to have our number every single fall just because (laughs) (laughs) they know what we can do.
2: So I have a fan question. Do you all ever feel sorry for an opposing pitcher? When he just gets destroyed, like last year, you know, there were some outings when I, I'm trying to think what game it was where we hit 11 home runs, I think it was. And I'm just wondering, do y'all ever go, yeah, been there, done that. I feel sorry for you, dude. But that's like.
1: I mean, yeah. I mean, you can say that we've said, been there, done that. But you know, at the end of the day, it's because we always like to say it, it, it's a war when we go out there. So feeling sorry for an opposing team is just kind of not what our our culture is like. And so, I mean, you know, if we run them off the field in two innings, we run them off the field in two innings. You know, it's better for us. Um, <laughs> but you know, if it's if it's one of our guys in the fall or early spring before we start, it's it's definitely like. I mean, yeah, buddy, like, <laughs> it, it's, it's tough.
2: <laughs> Avalon Country Club in the North City is a warm and welcoming setting with 166 acres settled at the foot of the Smoky Mountains. Avalon offers top-notch amenities for all your family's needs. You won't find nicer greens anywhere. Please call us today to find out how you can become a part of the Avalon family. Tell them you heard it on Stash Talk.
0: So who would you have to say is the toughest competitor you've ever played against? This can be in practice. This can be in a game. It can be anybody.
1: Uh, Drew Gilbert, for sure. I mean, I've I've seen both sides. I've seen where I'm on the opposing team, and I've seen where I'm on the same team. And it's really the same guy, um, both in the fall and in the spring. Uh, You know, he plays with his his heart out. I mean, it's insane. I mean, you've watched him in practice, and he's flying into walls like he is in a game, and like it's like it's the middle of June, and we're in the World Series, and you're just like, "Dude, take it easy. Like, we don't need you hurt right now." Um, But I mean, his his competitiveness is insane.
0: So, uh, the question is, what would be your dream car? Say you win the. Uh, oh, gosh. Cy Young. I, was, I just lost my memory. But say you in the <laughs> Cy Young and you get money out of it, what would be your dream car? What are you buying?
1: A Lamborghini Aventador. I've I've dreamt of that car for as long as I can remember. Um, as long as, For as long as it came out, uh, I've always wanted one of those things. They're sick and they're, they're fast. And I'm a, I'm a huge car guy as well. So, I mean, you can't really go wrong with that.
0: So... What do you drive right now?
1: I drive a BMW 535i.
0: Okay. Is it nicer than our
1: roommates? Uh, no. It's <laughs> newer and a lot faster. <laughs> oh man. I
0: I can still remember the day that we came home, and so with if y'all BMWs, if you don't lock the car, your music will keep playing. Yep, and I came home, got out of my car, and, and neither one of y'all locked your cars. I <laughs> was just like going inside, and I was so confused on where the music was coming from. I was like, "Did I leave my truck on? What is going on?" And both of these oh, guys yeah. are straight up just playing music, and I'm like, "This is so confusing." And then they both get in the house, lock the car, and it's gone. And I'm like, "This is just bizarre." Yeah, I mean,
1: you got to listen to music while you're saving groceries out, you know. <laughs> So, what so would you I'm on, say? That ask
2: this. So, open, you open the door. So, who are your roommates? I got Kirby, I got
1: Bryce Jenkins, and I got Chase Burns.
2: Uh, people have asked me, so. Oh. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Uh, that's one of the questions that we probably should add because that's one of the questions people want to know is who's rooming with who and you know there's this like so is it intentional and I went my answer is well sometimes it's intentional sometimes it's who's left sometimes it's you know just different things random as to why they're roommates with each other (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, I kind of, I kind of asked uh, Richard Jackson last year if I could live in this, in this place with Kirby, and he was like, "Yeah, I don't see why not." So, I mean, there we go. And then, and then Burns kind of joined along. And then I think Kirby didn't, didn't you know Bryce before, uh, before he came in?
0: Yeah, I knew Bryce playing travel ball um, when we were kids. Um, so I already knew that I was going to get Bryce. And but last year I had Ben and Zach. Um, <laughs> And so, they were all supposed to leave. So, I went ahead and got three new roommates, which is Chase, Chase, and Bryce. And then, so, now we'll lose Chase. So, I think we're, I think you're already, I think you're already getting filled. Oh, wow. (laughs) It's with another picture, (laughs) so. Kicking me out like that, (laughs) huh? If you don't take the draft, I'm going to be more mad at you.
2: So it doesn't going to matter. And uh, you're going to have to find somewhere else to go. So yeah. I'm, I'm
1: going to be on the streets. So,
2: uh,
0: yeah. So, you know, just keeping it that I, I like to say this is the pitcher's house. Uh, yep. It's always been pitcher's, um, hey. even before Zach and them lived here. So
2: let's go. Let's keep it that way. Better Mattress is a Knoxville business. They personally design and work with local manufacturers to handcraft their Better Mattress line. These products are only offered in Better Mattress stores. Whether you're a D1 athlete or just needing a good night's rest for a full day tomorrow, sleep worry-free with our 120 night Better protection plan. Ask us for details when it's time to complete your purchase. See Better Mattress, multiple locations around Knoxville. Tell them Kirby sent you. A good night just got better.
0: So when we talk about it's it's getting getting towards Christmas time. Um, this this doesn't have to relate to Christmas, but what would you say the
1: greatest gift you've ever received is? Greatest gift I ever received. It would have to be when I was I want to say about eleven. Or so, I got a brand new Easton XL1, and man, did that thing have some homers in it. Uh, <laughs> that, I mean, that's the one gift that kind of stands out from the rest. And maybe um, when I was in, I think it was my freshman year of high school, I got a new Xbox, and I, I, I mean, I played the crap out of that thing, so I mean, those two gifts were, were pretty good.
2: Okay. you you pitchers with your good bats, so.
1: Exactly.
2: Uh, so, pitchers, baseball players are weird creatures. We are. Um, so we're going to talk superstitions. All right. And part of this question obviously kind of came about because of Xander. I still hold Xander is right up there. It's funny because last week Blake Burke was like, I'm not superstitious. And I'm like, <laughs> Blake, you have this whole Thing you do before you bat, you know, every yep. time. So um, things that you either routine, superstitions, game days, before games, when you're on the mound, after games, whatever. Um, You know,
1: I, I try not to have any superstitions, but my routines kind of make it seem like it, it is. Um, you know, I, I guess one superstition I could have would be not stepping on the line whenever I run out to the mound. Um, I just never do it, never have, um, don't know why, I always do this little hop over it, um, <laughs> it's kind of funny when I go back and watch videos of it, um, but I, I kind of like to keep all my stuff, you know, in the corner of a dugout where I'm kind of, you know, s- secluded, um, nice and quiet so nobody kind of comes up and bothers me, um, I'm not, I'm not the type of guy to where I will yell at you if you're going to come talk to me, you know, I know there are some guys like that, um. But when I'm when I'm pitching, uh, right before I start every inning, I look out to the to the um, the light pole and just take a big deep breath. That's just kind of my, like my reset, and it's you know it just kind of tells me you know it's time to go. Um, it's time to you know compete. Um, another thing I do for another reset is I just you know whenever I make a bad pitch, I just kind of wipe the dirt like I'm wiping that pitch away from my my memory. Uh, it's just kind of some of the things I learned by. Um, Number uh, Coach A kind of said some of these things, and um, I, I used to watch a lot of Ken Revisa, and he said, you know, doing these things kind of helped a lot of pitchers when it came to getting in your head, getting in your own head about things. Um, well, when it comes down to routines, I'm very routine based. Uh, I, I start my game probably three hours before I'm start, supposed to start. Um, I have a whole routine that goes into um, you know my weeks, my week uh, preparing for a start. Um, You know, the night before, the couple of days before, a couple of days after as well.
2: Okay. Well, you brought up two things that um, I've never asked, and both of you kind of chime in here. So we're going to talk about last year because you really don't know the answer to this year yet. So I know Kirby has the little group that hangs out down there at the end. And kind of always has. So does everybody have their little spaces in the dugout?
1: Um, you know, it it, it kind of depends on how the game's going. In my opinion, for me, um, you know, if the game's going really good, I won't move, and I'll tell people to get out of my spot or something. Um, if we're not winning, we'll try and switch up spots and stuff like that. But I know Kirby and a couple other guys have their have their set spots where, you know, they always go for games and stuff.
0: I always have the same spot. It's always <laughs> down there by Woody, and it's in the opening. Um, Where the cameras are. <laughs> <laughs> always gotta find the camera. Always gotta uh, find the camera. <laughs> but like pitching wise, I think I think everybody's different. I know for me, um, I if, if we're at home, I try to sit in the exact same spot. It's like there. If you look in our dugout, there's three little windows it's the far left window and I'm to the right of it, just right beside Mm it. Um, And then in the bullpen, I have the exact same spot Um, right, right in front of the, uh, the home plate in almost every single bullpen. I try to go there right in front of home plate, just because I just feel like that's something that I've always tried to do. Like I, that's my spot. That's where I want to be. And, if I know where my stuff's at, then I can go and I can get I can get going faster. You're not and, scrambling to find things. Yeah, I'm not trying to find things. I know where everything's at. Um, but I think everybody pretty much, you know, has their spot. Um, the new guys will come to find out that, you know, if you stand in their spot, we'll tell you to move real quick. Um, but, you know, a lot of us, a lot of the pitchers try to stay away from the other end. Uh, away from Coach V.
1: Yeah. Uh, So
2: why
0: is that? As a pitcher, you're not really uh, – some people aren't really locked into the game. Um, (laughs) So there's a lot of conversations that go on. Um, That are not (laughs) baseball-related? Not at all baseball-related. So the The farther you are away from V, the longer it is for him to come get us. So, you know, you have a little time to, you know, say if he starts walking over, you can start talking about, oh, that was a really good pitch and stuff like that. So <laughs> you got a lot of things you can make out of. So. I love
2: it. I love it. Okay, so I have another one, another question. And if y'all don't know the answer, we'll hold this one, Kirby, until we get one of the hitters on that does it. So I've seen it a bunch, and I don't know whether it's something that's taught or just everybody does it. When they get ready to hit, they hold their bat up and they stare at the bat. <laughs> so is that something that's taught or is that just a superstition?
0: It's I can I, I can answer this one. So it's basically they are taking their like we call it we call it belly breaths, just because like like when we step on the mound, we're taught to, you know, try to get really deep breaths. And, like, right before you pitch – so, like, if you watch any of us pitch, all the guys that are pretty calm when they do it, um, you won't see our, like, chest – like, our rib cage open up. You won't see it, like, in the shoulders. And you so – You watch the belly. <laughs> yeah. Don't watch mine. <laughs> uh, but, like, that's basically their locking in is, hey, this is – this is my time to go. And then when they step out, they'll do it again. That's basically their reset. So like for us pitchers, it's when we step onto the mound or say we swipe off the rubber, that's basically what, what they're doing. Just basically resetting their mind and, and going in and focusing on one thing.
2: Okay. I just, I figured it had to be something that's taught, but I've never asked you and we've never asked here.
0: Yeah, so I mean, it's basically. I I wouldn't say it was really taught. It was, it was more of a like a statement. Not. It wasn't like a. It was more like, hey, this is one way that can help you, and yeah. I know I know Coach A shown uh, when we have our pitchers meetings. He'll show videos of like major league guys taking deep breaths as they're on the mound and right before like a big moment or even just like the tiniest moment. They're still doing the same thing over and over again. So. That's just, it's basically just what, what we do. It's kind of the volunteer way. So you like that though? That's pretty good. I love it. <laughs> we, the reason I said that is because we had uh, VFL's Luke Hochaver, Jan Gomes, and then he what he didn't play at Tennessee, but Lane Thomas, he played for the St. Louis Cardinals and now he's with the Nationals. But they talked about, the cardinal way and how, you know, they basically, like when they're doing media, they just basically go straight to the point, like, hey, why, how did, what, what were you doing in this situation? He's like, I was just trying to throw a pitch. He wasn't trying to break everything down. It's like, oh, I was trying to throw a slider. This guy can't hit sliders and stuff like that. He was straight to the point. And that was just the cardinal way of what they do. So I think that's just basically what we do is what we're taught is, you know, the volunteer way. And that's just something that we all do is, you know, taking deep breaths and really focusing in on slowing our heart rate and, mm-hmm. you know, focusing on the next task
2: at hand. So. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Chinook Seeds makes you say, whoa, those just might be the best seeds ever. Order Chinook Seeds by using the promo code CURBSTONE35. You can build your own package today. You can design your own 12-pack, 36-pack, 6 flavor variety large package, or just get a sampler pack of each type of seeds they offer. They have original, cinnamon toast, dill pickle, hatch chili, jalapeno ranch, smokehouse barbecue, and parmesan and pepper. Best seeds ever. Order your Chinook seeds today by using the promo code CURBSTOMP35.
0: So, Chase, um, we like to speed things up in this next little bit. I'm just going to ask you some random questions. You are going to give me the best answer off the top of your head, all right? All righty. So what is your favorite color? Blue. Favorite food? Steak. What is your favorite candy?
1: Sour Patch Kids.
0: Which ones? Just the regular ones?
1: The regular ones.
0: All right. I'm a watermelon guy, so I like strawberry. Those are really good, the too. The watermelon. Sh- strawberry, strawberry
1: ones are good, too. <laughs> uh,
0: who's your favorite non-baseball player athlete?
1: Ooh, buddy. Um, probably Tiger Woods.
0: Is it because he plays at Augusta and has won the Masters?
1: Uh, No, I just enjoy watching him play golf. All right.
0: That works. Uh, what's your favorite song?
1: Oh, buddy. Um, pull up Spotify real quick.
0: Oh, come on. This has got to be off the top of your head.
1: <laughs> um, I'd have to say... Um, oh, what's it called? He's um, looking up his most played. No. No. <laughs> Uh, it's called A Rock by Hardy. All right. What's the song about? Do you know? It's it's about being in a hard place. There you go. Uh,
0: who's the funniest teammate?
1: <laughs> Brad the Gagan. <laughs> All right.
0: Uh, no comment. Uh, Coke or Pepsi? Coke. Cake or pie? Cake. I have to say something about – actually, I'll let, we'll finish this and I have to say something. Um, right. the, who would you say the best hitting pitcher is? Sean Scott. Doesn't count. He's a two-way. Um,
1: Camden Sewell.
0: <laughs> I have to – he is a two-way. He is completely changed over. He goes to hitting now. So
1: He does. He does take BP. I'm
0: just saying, he – He's a two-way. All right. Who is the strongest arm from a fielder?
1: From a fielder? Yep. yep. Maui.
0: All right. Okay. So what I had to say, we were – so we had Blake Burke on – that was last week. We had Burke on last week, and we we asked him, you know, cake or pie, and he said cake. Well, today – we are sitting, we're doing the warm up with Q in the weight room, and something came up along the lines of like cake. And Blake said, I don't like cake. And I was like, You lied. lied to me. But he did say he likes, like, he doesn't like regular cake. He likes ice cream cake. So basically, he was kind of right, but you know, it, He's also wrong. I guess ice cream cake does go into the cake category.
2: So, so I have a side question for you. Have you ever played Augusta National?
1: I have not. That's one of the hardest courses to get into. I always tell a story just because I heard it a, a while back. Um, Bill Gates tried to buy his way in to be a member, and they, they said no. So it's like you have to know people that know people that know people. Um, and, and it's it's ridiculously hard to, to get into that course. And I mean, it's really hard to even get tickets to go watch the Masters.
2: So I've actually played it.
1: Must be nice. <laughs> Cra-
2: crazy freak story. So they used to, I don't know if they still do, they used to let high school teams come in the day after the Masters. They let you play a few holes before they reconfigure and tear everything up and all of that. Right. And so I got to go with our high school team. We used to live in Washington, Georgia, which okay. is not right near yeah, us. So I got to go with our high school team and, like, butcher three holes or four holes. I don't remember what it was. but So I, I played Augusta, which is uh, – I'm not a good golfer, but <laughs> I've at least been there.
1: Yeah, yeah. I would love to have the opportunity to play the the, the, the National, but, you know, it doesn't really look like it's ever going to happen. <laughs>
2: maybe maybe after you're in the pros a few years you can maybe i mean you're a hometown boy so you know maybe i can
1: sweet talk my way
2: into it yeah there (laughs) there has to be somebody in augusta that can get you on once you you know for sure for sure looking for a lawyer to always have your back try guards the law firm nostril based attorneys with a passion for people Marcos Garza at Garza Law Firm has an office in Knoxville and soon will have an office in the Tri-Cities. Garza Law Firm, always by your side. Tell them Kirby sent you. All
0: right. What is your favorite baseball movie and why?
1: Moneyball. Uh, Just because it, it dives into the analytics of all of baseball
2: and it's really interesting. That's number one, baby. Number Not one. Him.
0: Get out of here, Dad. It's number one. <laughs> you have changed your answer. I,
2: <laughs> I'm just telling you, that has been the most. It's been answered more than any other. That was my first choice. Uh-huh. I've changed it a few times since then. but.
0: All right, Chase. So, when you think about all the people... Who have influenced you or supported you uh, while you've been playing baseball? Who do you think that number one person is?
1: My older brother, for sure. Um, you know, we we we've, we've always butt heads um, just because of the fact that we both play baseball, and you know, he's five years older than I am. So he tries to, you know, be a little be a little mean to me sometimes. But you know, as 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 we've gotten older, we've kind of realized, you know, there's there's no point for it, and so. Um, you know, we've gotten really, really close and, you know, I just see how hard he works and, um, and how hard he, you know, does things, whenever he, he sets his mind to. And, you know, I kind of, I kind of wanted to take that from him and kind of do the same thing that he did, just do it better, you know?
0: (laughs) So with your time last year here at Tennessee, um, what is, what was your greatest moment on the baseball field,
1: greatest moment on the baseball field probably pitching eight innings against um, Vanderbilt. That was that was a lot, a lot of fun just because of the the whole rivalry and stuff and what kind of happened that Friday night before uh, with Jordan Beck and his bat and and how heated it was.
0: All right. So, what has been your worst moment? I got a good idea, but what was been your worst moment?
1: Definitely when we played Baylor. <laughs>
0: Dang it, that, that was not what I was going to say. I was, Were you going to say Campbell? I it, no, I wasn't going to say that either. I was going to say when when you got hit with Zane's yeah,
1: line drive out right the middle. That's a close second. Um, you know, I, I didn't do well against Baylor at all, uh, especially pitching in the atmosphere that we did, and I really wanted to pitch well. Um,
2: so, I mean, that's just kind of stuck with me. Ham and Goodies, the best cookies ever. At Ham and Goodies, they believe that all things should be made with lots of love and butter. Home of the world famous Lemon Cookies, now offering local lunch and baked goods delivery. And they can also ship their cakes and cookies anywhere in the lower 48. Browse their menus, order online, or visit one of their three Knoxville locations. And their cookie trucks are always coming to a location near you throughout Tennessee. If you order online, Please use the promo code Kirby35, Kirby's favorite cookies. Um,
0: So when we talk about, you know, playing against uh, Georgia Southern, tell us a little bit about what it was like, you know, playing against Tennessee your freshman year Mm -hmm. and then you transfer here. Tell us a little bit about what it was like playing against Georgia Southern last year.
1: It was a lot of fun uh you know i i knew how to pitch those guys just because i faced them all fall the, the year before and you know it, it kind of made it a lot of fun just being able to you know show them what i what i've done to improve myself and and you know just kind of give it to the guys that i played with my freshman year and just kind of watch their their draws drop um whenever they they uh they they didn't do so well against me um and then you know there's always a, there's always there was this one kid who, you know, he, he he likes to talk a lot, and so being able to strike him out was was pretty huge, and seeing him complain to the umpire just made it even better.
0: <laughs> With you know being the number one team last year, um, we got a lot of recognition um, from our fans and from other fans, and not so much recognition from other mm-hmm. fans, um, but. Tell us, you know, a, a good and a bad uh, fan interaction that you may have had.
1: Um, most of my fan interactions were really good, you know, just kind of telling me good job for, for, you know, how well I pitched or, or even sometimes how well I didn't pitch. Um, you know, they, they just kind of always supported me. Um, but, you know, a couple bad interactions that I've personally had. I had one one bad one at Mississippi State. I know a few of the guys did. Had one bad one in Ole Miss where I was getting pelted with rocks in the bullpen as I was trying to warm up. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, that that really wasn't too fun. And, you know, at Mississippi State, the, the visitors' bullpen is kind of open to all of their fans. Um, so you can only imagine some of the things that they said to me.
2: <laughs> I get tickled because they say they had the best fans in the SEC, but I'm like <laughs> – I, I I counted them for my fan interaction. They were the worst set of fans that we faced last year, and that includes Vanderbilt and Arkansas the year before, and anybody to me, Mississippi State was the worst. So,
1: yeah, I mean, a lot of them are nice, but you know, there's always that that few that you know aren't aren't the best. <laughs>
0: So we we talk about legacy the other day um, with Yon and Luke. What do you want your legacy to be at Tennessee to be known as?
1: Um, I want to be known as the guy that, um, you know, did whatever he could for his teammates and to help the team win a national championship this year. And, you know, just to, just to be there for – for all the guys and support them and stuff like that. I feel like you worry about winning for the team and, you know, the personal accolades will come just because you're not focused on yourself. Um, I feel like a lot of people would say, you know, I want to be the best pitcher in college baseball. I want to be the best pitcher that's ever come through Tennessee. But, you know, I feel like that kind of takes care of itself if you focus on the team.
0: So if there could be one one teammate that you have played with that – You had to pay to watch. Who would it be?
1: that had to pay to watch. Yes. Uh, Drew Gilbert.
2: (laughs) We've had a lot of those. So then the question comes, this comes up on a regular basis. Do you truly think Drew, if he makes it to Major League Baseball, Mm -hmm. will he be the same player that he was last year at UT, all the celebrations and all of that?
1: I 100 percent think so. I I know their fans love it. So, I mean, it you give them you give the fans what they want, and they're gonna they're gonna support you through whatever. And so, you know, his energy and his passion for the game is is gonna be loved by a
2: lot. So then the question comes: If he pimps a bat like he did, is he gonna make it to home plate? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> So the last couple of questions I have for you get kind of serious. So, who's your hero?
1: My hero definitely has to be my mom. I mean, she's been through a lot in her life. Um, we've we've lost some family members, and she stays strong through it. And she went through a, a pretty rough divorce with my dad, and you know she we lived as. Um, she lived as a single mother for two, three years, which is not easy on anybody. Um, And so, I mean, just seeing her come out of that a lot better than what she was is, is huge for me.
2: Okay. So then we get to maybe the deep question. Know you're passionate on the field. If you could solve one or two world problems what would
1: they be and why? I'd have to say cancer and Alzheimer's. Um, my mom worked as a cancer research nurse for a while. And, um, you know, just hearing some of the things that some of those patients had to go through. And I've, I've had a couple friends back in high school get diagnosed with cancer. And, you know, that was kind of hard. I actually had um, a guy that was older than me in high school pass away from um, from cancer. Um And then Alzheimer's because my grandma has Alzheimer's right now. And uh, just seeing her go through the different stages has been really, really tough. Um, From going to, you know, not remembering who I am to, you know, she's from Germany, so she's kind of reverting back to her German language um, and stuff like that. And so it's been been really difficult. But, you know, if I had to pick two, those two would definitely be it.
2: And and I think those are two big ones because all of us have, have had a family member or a close friend or something that's gone through cancer and uh, Alzheimer's just, I was being a pastor visiting one of my people the other week or two days ago and um, having a conversation with the wife talking about Kirby and UT baseball, and that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. um, the the gentleman asked me, the same question three or four times while I was sitting there. and Yeah. That's kind of how my grandma is. You're just, I mean, I answered every time and mm-hmm. the wife was like, I'm sorry. And I'm just like, nah, you're good. And mm-hmm. you know, but, uh, tough, tough to go through it and watch those around you go through it. So very good. Exactly. Exactly.
0: All right, so now we've gotten to, um, the end, um, of this podcast. Um, we're not going to boast a little bit, um, but tell us what it was like to be the SEC pitcher of the year. <laughs>
1: uh, I know this is going to come up at some point. Um, you know, it's really cool. Um just kind of seeing all my hard work pay off and all the preparation that I've put through, put myself through and all the, you know, looking back at, you know, my recruiting and stuff in high school and just becoming the pitcher I am today has been, has been really, really cool. And I hope that I can inspire some kids to, you know, chase after their dreams and not really give in to what people are telling them, whether it's, you know, negative, or if they're talking them up too much, just kind of keep your head down and keep working. Um, but with that being said, I mean, winning SEC Pitcher of the Year was a huge honor. Um, it, I mean, it, I try not to think about it too much just because I have this year to focus on, and that was last year. Um, but obviously, you know, anything you'll see is going to be SEC Pitcher of the Year, Chase Dillon, and you know, yada, yada, yada. But, I mean, I, I just try and stay
2: in the present moment as much as I possibly can. So I'm going to tag on that. Uh, I know you've thought about this. How do you stay focused this from now till next July, especially knowing that every interview you, you do, and probably not the first, but maybe the first is asked it this way, how do you stay focused and not get caught up in everybody wanting to know, so what's it like being the mm-hmm. first or second pick for next year, and da-da-da-da-da.
1: So, I mean, it just kind of goes back to living day by day and just trusting God's plan uh, that he has for you. Um, something that we say at 110 is God's plan is good, pleasing, and perfect perfect um, for every single person on this, on this planet. And so, you know, just knowing that has helped me stay in the present a lot. But, you know, obviously people are going to come up to you and ask you that question, and you just got to be respectful as possible. Just tell them, you know, I'm not really focused on what's going to happen in the draft. I'm not worried about the future you know, God's got me and things like that. And, you know, if you put the preparation and the time into your craft, everything will work out for itself.
2: Very good. So we're at the end. Any NIL deals you want to give as a shout out?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, Six Star Pro Nutrition is a protein uh, supplement brand that has helped me a lot, uh, Therabody they gave me their like massage gun and compression systems to help me recover and stuff like that. And so those two have been really, really helpful for me.
2: Okay. So part of ours for doing this is not only if you don't know, part of ours is people keep asking me or kept asking me, you know, tell us about these guys off the field. And so that's why we've done this. Uh, our goal between Kirby and ours kind of secondary goal was hopefully to, to help some guys get NIL deals and we, looks like we, we can't say for sure yet. Looks like we've kind of helped one get a deal already and maybe another That's awesome. Into works. So uh, maybe somebody's listening to this and wants to connect with you. Uh, give us whatever ways you want them to get in, connect with you, social media handles, how to keep up with you, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, you can, you can hit me up on my Instagram, uh, lildo one or you can uh, DM me on Twitter, DolanderChase. Um, either one of those would be perfect. Um, I forgot to mention another NIL deal that I, that I really like is uh, Better Mattress. Uh, you know, I can't forget about old Mattress Mike.
2: <laughs> All right. Kirby, give us your handles.
0: You can email us at volleyfingers at yahoo.com. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Volley Fingers, or you can follow me um, on Instagram at KirbyConL35.
2: Get your volleyfingers Fingers merchandise. We've got jerseys, brand new order of orange, white, or checkerboard jerseys, just in time for football season. We have leather patch caps. You can check us out on all of our social media at Volley Fingers or contact us at VolleyFingers at Yahoo.com. Get your stash merchandise today.
0: Uh, Chase, I want to say thank you for getting on here and just opening up about your life and just letting us get to know you a little bit more um, from a personal side. And um, just thank you for doing that.
1: Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me. It was a lot of fun.
0: I hope you have enjoyed Stash Talk today. Um, We will have a new Stash Talk every single week. Check out our other episodes. Tell your friends about us. And join us next week for Stash Talk.